Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to your power call. Welcome to your power call. If this is your first time joining the call, welcome to your power call. And those returning, welcome back to your power call. Uh, let's go ahead. We're going to get everybody a chance to come on in. Appreciate everybody tapping back in again for another electrifying uh, power call that we have every morning, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. There we go. Thank you for thank you for that. Can you hear me now? I, I was muted on that side. I apologize for that. Assalamu alaikum to the family. Welcome back to your power call. Welcome to your power call if this is your first time. Let me know if you can hear me. You can see me. Uh, let me make sure I send the blast out again so that everyone is aware that we are live. One moment. I pray everyone has had a good day yesterday, a blacktastic day yesterday, and I pray that today will be just as blacktastic, if not more, for you as well. So. One without further ado, let me make sure I get this blast sent out one time so everybody is notified that we are live. Again, we have another electrifying lecture that we're going to listen to. Um, let's see here. There we go. Went through. Okay. Praise be to Allah. Again, assalamu alaikum to those who are coming in. Uh, again, welcome back to your power call. If this is your first time joining the call, welcome to your power call. We do this every Monday through Friday in the morning, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, or whatever your perspective or um, specific time zone or region that you're in as well. Um, I don't want to leave nobody out. So whether it's uh, Pacific, Mountain, Central, Eastern, we, we come together in communion with each other to be able to go over these lectures, study together and be able to learn from each other and improve. That's really the basis of this is self-improvement, not his or her improvement or group improvement is self-improvement. We want to continue to keep ourselves in front and exposed to these teachings that has been given to us by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught by the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan. Um, and, and today like no other day, we, you know, we're going to listen to someone who um, can also shed light on these teachings and give us more perspective, more understanding. Today, we're going to listen to Mother Tanetta Muhammad. Uh, may Allah be pleased with her as well. So without further ado, let me um, make sure my screen is shared. One second. Make sure I got everything. I don't want no clutter on my screen. There we go. Boom. There we go. Let me know if you can see me on that. Uh, we're going to bring this up here. Boom. There we go. All right. Again, let me know if you can hear me okay. Let me know if you can see the image okay. Uh, like I said I removed myself there. So. And without further ado, we're going to open up as it is customary for us with every power call um, to ensure we have an open mind and heart and ready to listen, hear, and understand what's being conveyed over to us. We're going to open up in prayer. So please take the position of prayer that is most comfortable for you. All right. 
Attention prayer. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, surely I have turned myself, being upright to him who originated the heavens and the earth, and I am not of the polytheists. Surely my prayer, my sacrifice, my life and my death are all for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. No associate has he, and this I am commanded, and I am of those who submit. O Allah, thou art the king, and there is no God but thee. Thou art the Lord, and I am thy servant. I have been unjust to myself, and I confess my faults, so grant me protection against all my faults, for none grants protection against faults but thee. And guide me to the best of mores, for none guides to the best of mores but thee. And turn me away from the evil and indecent mores, for none turns away from the evil and indecent mores but thee. O Allah, make Muhammad successful and the true followers of Muhammad successful, as thou did make Abraham successful and the true followers of Abraham successful. For surely thou art praiseworthy and magnified. And O Allah, bless Muhammad and the true followers of Muhammad, as thou did bless Abraham and the true followers of Abraham. For surely thou art praiseworthy and magnified. I mean. All right. Again, I'm going to. Welcome you all to your power call. Though you those just coming in, assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to your power call. If you are a returning guest and returning member of the power of community, and if this is your first time, welcome to your power call. Again, we share lectures and study uh, with each other every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern. Um, and today, just as we do any other day, we're going to have another electrifying lecture that we're going to listen to from Mother Tynetta Muhammad. May Allah be pleased with her. So, yes, indeed. Let's go ahead and get let's get it rolling. Give me one moment to bring it up. to be back in Phoenix here at the beautiful mosque number 32. So congratulations to all of you who are blessed to be here in the desert. <laughs> in the most holy name. to be back in Phoenix here at the beautiful mosque number 32. So congratulations to all of you who are blessed to be here in the desert. <laughs> in the most holy name of Allah, the all-wise, true, and living God, who came to us in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, to whom praise is due forever. We forever thank him for coming and looking upon the despised and rejected people of this world to bless us and to honor us to receive a knowledge that is superior, that is supreme to any knowledge that we can find 
on this planet. We thank him for choosing one from among us, not an Arab, not a foreigner, <laughs> but a man that had the heart of his people and suffered as we all have suffered in the hells of North America to become exalted, to be on his right side, commanding the heavens as we speak and the events that are taking place on our planet. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad. We forever thank him for not leaving us alone when he had to depart to take care of his father's business. <laughs> One who is not just a charmer, charismatic leader, but one who was born with the heart of the love of his people. Who was born through a sacred vessel, his mother, whom we will always honor as we would honor the Honorable Minister Farrakhan. We must keep in mind, my dear beloved brothers, sisters, that each minute that ticks away at the clock brings us closer and closer to the fall and the doom of this world. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan today is praying for us more than he's praying for himself. And Allah has brought him to that junction of the river, the Nile. But not Nile in Africa, but the Nile over here where we have been walking with the wise man who has extended the vision to include us through the last 29 years. How blessed are we as a people. But what is in our heart? What is in our soul? What is in our mind? What is in our thoughts? as we pass through the valley of the shadow of death. We should fear no evil. We should have tranquility in our hearts. We should have the joy of knowing that God has blessed us to take this second stage of a journey which is not easy, especially when we're dealing with the people who have been so mistreated as we whose foreparents died in horrible, miserable ways that we could live today. What are we doing with the time that God has given us through his extended grace? Are we the same old rebellious people that started out on the journey with Moses and when he left his brother Aaron in their midst, they continued to mumble and to grumble and to complain about every little thing. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us well, brothers and sisters, that we really don't deserve to have an extension of time. It was believed then that when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad departed in 1975, that all hell would break loose. Is that true? Yes, sir. It did. <laughs> 
And we are the result. <laughs> and, but yet, I cannot imagine that we have completed this journey to repeat the same thing that we repeated in 1975. We must break the prophet's prediction. We must have more than a handful when God returns. But I have to be very thoughtful and mindful of what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. When he told us that the falling away was in progress then, and the falling away is in progress now. So how were we mirrored in the divine scriptures of both Quran and Bible? That we are still stumbling blocks to the redemption of our people. We have millions of people that are dying every day in the streets. And we are sort of like church-going people. We come to the mosque to hear a lecture the same way that the Christians go to the church to hear a spooky rendition, interpretation of the reality of God and the reality of Jesus Christ. We preach a living doctrine that God has come and is come and is taking over the powers of the heavens and the earth and is guiding our destiny. But we still think in our mind in a spooky way. Oh, it will come by and by. See? By and by. And that the work of his servant, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, that he was to work as the book gives it to you to turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and the hearts of the fathers to their children, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. That might be fulfilled, the curse part. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, right now, before we go any further, is alive and well. Yes, ma'am. And the Honorable Minister Louis Parakan is not going anywhere in a casket. <laughs> you remember that scripture that's written in the book of Revelation, I believe it's chapter 11, following the final bugle or trumpet call of the seventh angel who says the mystery of God is ended and the time that we have known, we will know no more. In the 11th chapter, there was a conspiracy and the conspiracy evolved around a death plot to take away two witnesses to the presence of God. And when the people looked upon what they thought was the dead bodies of those witnesses that stood before the temple of God, they rejoiced. And they said, oh, those two who had tormented the earth 
and had left us in disarray. We are so happy that they are gone. And then, and then, suddenly, their dead bodies stood up. And the people were afraid because they didn't stand up on the earth. They came down in the sign of a majestic mechanical ship called the mothership, laugh, make fun of that. And just in a few more days, we can look up <laughs> and see the reality of these ships over all of the major cities. We might be that close. The Honorable Minister Farrakhan told us every time he stepped out of this country, wherever he went on the world friendship tours, when he went to Baghdad to try to stop Saddam Hussein from making his major mistake, to try to tell him you can't fight a war against the military might of this despotic ruler who is the real mystery Babylon. It's not that Babylon. He believes that he was united hmm, with the power of God to crush an enemy. But the real enemy that he is projecting to us is not we in this human form. He's fighting against the powers and the principalities of a higher power that is God himself. Now, why am I opening up like this? Because it is that Allah inspired me to do so. <laughs> And I know, and I feel, as you know, and you feel, that we're at a critical climax to a whole period of history that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that once we had to walk in his footsteps and live through aspects of these old histories, we will no longer need the Bible or the Holy Quran. He told us back in 1972 there were two more and maybe three or four more books still coming that contained parts and portions of a history that had nothing to do with the world that we're in, but that that world could not be revealed while the enemy was still in rulership, still in control. So the Millions More movement last year one of our sisters had the vision that he sh she shared with the Honorable Minister Farrakhan concerning the presence of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in Washington, D.C. How did he make his appearance? How was he present? Remember, Jesus slipped up on the people in disguises all the time. And he was testing them all the time. Sometime he came indescript. That means undescribable. Sometimes he could be the gardener, right? He could be uh, cutting your grass. I don't know. He might be the paper gentleman bringing you your final call newspaper. <laughs> he can come as he pleases. He said that Master Farrar Muhammad had the ability then, as he taught us in the early 30s and the 40s, that he could be in many places all at once. Is that right? So that kind of language confuses people because only in higher circles of the 
aesthetic kind of teaching or teachings that takes you up in uh, higher dimensions, they talk about the ascended masters. Is that right? And there are descending masters. Is that right? And what has happened to us, for the lack of the use of the proper language, we get confused and think it's spooky. You see what I'm saying? And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that they are angels, real angels that don't have wings, that are in our midst today, that are writing our records as we speak. Everyone who walks into a mosque or a study group and is registered with the nation of Islam, there are appointed guardians over you and me. Don't forget that. So they are tracking everything we do, where we go, what neighborhood we live in. They are unseen at the moment. But at a particular moment, they will make themselves visible to a few who can recognize their marks, recognize their speech, hmm? recognize that they are here to take care of business. And those little books telling us all about ourselves. So we don't need to start talking about what we think we know about each other. The books are already being written. And they'll have a little dialogue. Sister so-and-so said so-and-so about so-and-so. And we already wrote it. Okay, we already wrote what you were going to say. <laughs> so we are a silly people. And God said we are so silly that he said even the worst of us might be lucky enough to be not taken, but forced out of the destruction that is set for our enemy because he loves us so much, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, that he doesn't want us to burn in that kind of nuclear fire. We're not talking about forest fire. Somebody dropped a match. <laughs> no. We're talking about cutting a shortage in the atoms of the atmosphere in the air that we are breathing. So that kind of fire, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, is not like a, a, a fire that you can have from a forest fire. He said it's a nuclear uh, breaking up of the chain reaction of an atom, and it appears like white, horrible light, like you see in an atomic bomb explosion. Yes, it's like a cloud all, all of a sudden that carries like a mushroom effect. Brothers and sisters, I know we came to speak on this wonderful day about the return of the virtuous woman. Well, the virtuous women have returned. And <laughs> And what do they look like? They will look like your sisters over here. Yes, ma'am. That some of you disrespect and abuse and think that she's a tool and a slave that you can browbeat, okay, and force into a cubbyhole of desire. We are not an object like that. We're going to talk about the woman and trace her genealogical tree. Because you can't get a man 
without a woman. Is that true? You got to know what was the chemical mix in the DNA that produced the genetic code that all of these scientists are studying wildly to try to find out who is or they already know what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. The original Eve. The original mother. So the return of the virtuous woman is her return to her rightful place as the mother of civilization. She is at the top of the totem pole. You can't come out of her womb, male or female, without honoring and venerating your mother. Is that true? So we go back, according to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, back to the beginning and the origin of the universe itself. He said, as far back as the man can trace his lineage, she was there. So she's the genetic soup, eh? (laughs) That you have to nurture from, feed from, in order to become a god. See? She doesn't want to be a god to dominate and rule. Do you understand? But God put in her the material. Oh, boy. The spiritual and the physical material to make a God. So the Honorable Minister Farrakhan wrote and has put in tapes giving how to give birth to a God. And it's all based on the understanding of the value of womanhood, who in reality is mother, whether she's married or not. Instinctively, little girls will play mom in the house. Is that right? She has to take care of all the siblings, right? And she has to even cook, and she has to sew for them, and she has to change their dirty diapers and all of the rest of that, right? We do have dirty diapers. (laughs) So, brothers and sisters, I want to make what I'm sharing with you today meaningful and valuable so that we can correct our relationships. Because correcting will never get to God unless we have the proper love, honor, and respect of the female. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said this to many of us, that a man cannot perfect his wisdom without the woman. And may I say this? This leads to the controversial tests and trials that we're all undergoing right now. Two of them. One, do we believe that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad lives? And what do we think we know or understand about the domestic life? None of us know anything about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's domestic life. All we know as his companions is that we sat under his voice, under his guidance, under his instructions, both male and female, and what we received was not so much about being a wife or being a son or being a member by blood, but it was what we connected from him of the spirit of the work and the mission to carry on that mission, help in the communities to build a spiritual people from those teachings and instructions that we received. 
So it's not about honoring Mother Tanetta as the wife of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I want to make that very, very clear because I understand it from the perspective of an internal search for God. And in that internal search for God, we are nothing. Do you understand? God is everything. God is our breath. God is our nutrients. God is the one that is nurturing us into perfection. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us through Master Farad Muhammad that we are being taken into account not by being a wife, a son, or a member of the family. Let's clear that up. Because we're making some terrible mistakes. It is whether or not we are a good Muslim. Is that right? Whether we render submission to the will of God and do our work diligently, virtuously, truthfully, all right, to connect back to the essence of our being because what we have become is not the way we were. Is that right? And the way we are today is not yet what we should be. Can we all understand that? Our record of our works and our actions fall wane to the power and the glory of God. Even messengers themselves, chosen servants of God, have to go through the questioning of God as to whether or not they did their job well. How many times do we hear the honorable minister say, well, if it be the will of Allah, uh, the new teachings uh, will come through me. He said, as long as I stay on track and don't change the teachings. Is that right? So many of us thought walking with him that we could uh, uh, attack him and criticize him for the changes that appear to be, all right, which we criticize so much that he can't go get the pastors. He can't go get, get the preachers. What is Farcon doing in the church? He's spending more time in the church than he's spending in the mosque. Because the churches are mosques when they get straightened out. You see? And when he went out on the world friendship tour, everybody's saying, oh, he missed an opportunity. That's right. After the millions man march. You know? He's, he's hobnobbing with all these leaders all around the world, eh? So that's the mumbling and the grumbling of the children, not innocent children, but rebellious children that did not have patience after seeing miracle after miracle after miracle to face the worst enemy on this planet, one of them in Washington, D.C., and the other one in the Vatican. Uh Uh-oh. The Vatican is on fire right now, right? Because they can't hold back through politics or diplomacy what is in their heart. So the Pope... I, I, I even forgot his name because I start losing the names after. Benedict. Oh, Benedict Arnold. I, no, 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 no. 
So now he's roasting and toasting and trying to figure out what's going on. But he doesn't realize the script was written years ago. As a matter of fact, thousand years ago. Because it's the ongoing conspiracy of the Crusades. So he quotes a pope from back in that era. Interesting. Uh huh. Because that is the way they viewed Islam and the march of Muhammad because it was a challenge to their establishment of the false credentials and theology of Christianity. Right? So the capital of Rome is at the top of the conspiracy. The Honorable Minister Farrakhan had a vision many, many years ago while the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was feeding us from his table. And he told about this vision of him leaving his body. Now, I don't know if that is considered spooky. Do you, do you fly at night <laughs> into places that angels fear to tread? <laughs> so when he looked down at the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, as I can remember flightingly, um, that he saw him sorrowful, right? Over the loss or of his son. It's like Absalom, you know, David again, all those pictures. And he wanted to help the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. As he had that experience, he was then taken to the Vatican. Okay? And he was taken into a private library and quarter where the Pope was residing. And he sat down at the opposite end of that table. And there the Pope had presented to him the gift of a black pearl. Okay, without value, priceless. And when the Honorable Minister Farrakhan was trying to explain to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in front of some of his tiki-taki laborers, They probably have to use scotch tape to hold their brains up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. And he told him this vision. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad turned and said, Oh, brother, do you know what you're saying? He called him an angel. Okay? And not one with wings flying around, but with the ability through mental recognition of the power of God, he was able to travel. You can travel off of the divine word. The word is sound. Okay now? And sound vibration produces energy that moves like light and even faster than the speed of light. It can be mic'd down through crystals. And the pulsation of crystal goes faster than the speed of light. So I'm trying to tell you just a hint of where we need to go to upgrade our studies, how we can embrace the entire world, speaking a more intelligent language that is not spooky but is scientific okay, and can be proven through the DNA and the cellular structure of our bodies. 
the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us to prepare ourselves for another long period of study. So we have hardly begun the process. So what can we know? Nothing. What do we know? Nothing. What do we expect to know is something more than what we don't know. <laughs> and we pray, Allah, that we will be lucky to be considered as a student in that classroom where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, we will study higher mathematics. We will study the mechanics of the universe. That we will be taught our original mother tongue, but not the mother tongue of the Arabic that we hear today. He said, it will be a new Arabic. And I make all things new. So what our promise to be fulfilled is so majestic that we must stop losing time, degrading one another, disrespecting with one another, abusing one another, and not just by facial expression and gestures, but your thoughts. Because your thoughts pretty soon materialize and you start looking like the gorilla. (laughs) And you're not even aware of it. See? The messenger said his followers would have a light. And he said it's not a false light, but you would radiate with the wisdom of God that's in your head, your brain. Nobody can offer us that. That's a divine light that when it starts operating and turning on, it becomes a healing ray in your body so that we can heal any infirmities through the power of thought. And he would tell us that. He would say, just think for a moment how one thought can light up your brain. And that gives an energy that surges through your blood. And you can learn how to magnify it and send it to the areas that are in disrepair. It just depends on your will, which is part of the meaning of virtue. The potential of directing the will to accomplish, to achieve, to make motion, see, to change things, to reach out and be the achievers and the victorious ones. That's the kind of spirit that has to come back into the nation of Islam. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad quoted Jesus in this, that if you just had but the faith of a mustard seed, and you can even hardly see a mustard seed, you could plant it, right, in the ocean. It would mushroom to become a gigantic tree, and that is the nature of that seed. So my dear beloved brothers and sisters, as we speak on the virtuous woman, Understand that you have to liberate yourself from years of confusion about who she is. She is not your competitor. She is not seeking to dominate over you. There is no way in her nature, in her right mind, that she would seek to do that. She loves to be in a home. I know. 
I would love to be in my home. Is that true? Yeah. To be taken care of and maintained by a powerful black mother who's evolving to be a god. Oh my god. Brothers, I have to say, you are so beautiful. Uh-oh. You heard what I said. And I literally, we, we won't put a we on that, we love you. We know your potential. Because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us as the original people of the planet to honor and to take pride in serving you. Because the more that you evolve and are comforted, this is true, that you will do greater and greater things to bring out not just the beauty in you, but you will set up new societies. You will set up a new government structure that is based on truth and justice. And that is why the old Egyptian images that we study so well do link to us, like Mat. It's a female, right? Did the Egyptians have any problem with identifying the women goddesses? They're all mixed in the hierarchy, the male and the female, producing the offspring. But their training and teaching was not as we have received. You're no good. You're just a nigga. You living off of my money. Uh, yeah. Who, who reduced us to that state? See? We were reduced to that state by our open enemy because the whole plan was to hit us in the head, bring us across on slave ships during the diaspora, and spread us all out through the Caribbean, Central America, Latin America, and North America. Is that true? Now, we have grown up past that trick, haven't we? But if we allow the slave master to still have an influence over us, then we're still the slave master's children. We have to have bold, strong people, not emotional, but impregnated with the word of God. In the head, in the brain, in our cells, in our body, we can rejuvenate ourselves if we have the right spirit. Yes. With the right spirit of love, Come on. compassion, Come on. integrity, Come on. honesty, yes. truth. Yes. That will magnify the value. So it is not just the return of the virtuous woman. It's the return of the virtuous man and woman. Male and female. Yes working together to produce a generation of geniuses, a generation of scientists, so that when they come out, they'll be speaking to you in uh, 10 languages. <laughs> because the mother, while she was gestating with the child in the womb, she was on her job. So she was studying languages, so the baby came out talking about uh, shukran, Ahlan uh, with Sahlan. Wait a minute. Where did where did this baby come? Must, and then you have to bear witness that it had to come from the Lord. 
So I want us to really start making better relationships. The Honorable Minister Farrakhan, in his last webcast, focused us not on the prophetic picture of the horrors of war and violence that's taking place in the Middle East, but he said, what are we doing inside the house to make family life, family values real? And you know, in the Holy Quran, it does tell Muhammad at a certain point to all of his followers and believers, go and get your relatives. Go and get your family. If we were to reach out for our family members who are dispersed all over the United States and elsewhere, we would probably come up with a clan <laughs> or a tribe that's interconnected to our foreparents and ancestors' journey across the Atlantic Ocean. Because during those first 64 years, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us, where they put in the history 1619 Jamestown, that we were 64 years earlier coming to this land in 1555. And I know as a high school student in Detroit, Michigan, when I was studying the history of uh, slavery, that I found a book that verifies John Hawkins, 1555. And so I always wondered, well, what happened between 1555 and 1619? The same thing that has happened to us. We're the consequences of what happened. They killed off those who had the knowledge of Islam, our four parents who prayed, turning to Mecca. They destroyed all that. So you can go off to some of the Gichi Islands right off of North Carolina, and you find, uh, like the movie that was made, Daughters of the Dust, and they still had remembered the call to prayer and other aspects of Islam. And so that is the same within our trial and tribulation in America. There were little seedings that remained, okay? So when it comes to spiritual shamanism and uh, animism and uh, voodoo and, you know, all of those religions... They like to say, well, that is what they were practicing, okay? The Yoruba priesthood, etc. Now, within that structure, there is some truth. But it is not the truth that will liberate us and free us. Do you see what I'm saying? We will get trapped into superstition and believing that you can put a pen and a doll and, and your brother or sister over on the other side of town will suddenly get sick and fall over and die. Well, we don't want any of that kind of kitchen chicken scratch. <laughs> we, we have to clean up all of that. It's, it's over. Right. We went through this period in order to get everything that was inside of us outside of us. Right. See? So we are here with our Native American brothers and sisters. I don't know if any of them are present, but I do wish to acknowledge their presence uh, and their participation in the beautiful weekend events. I felt that we were in heaven. <laughs> and to experience the love and the coming together of our Navajo land family was quite a lovely experience yesterday, wouldn't you say so? And to hear our sister who is well-educated, 
who has many awards from the Navajo land and from other societies, for her to say the name Allah, it, it was so touching, you know? Because even if you say, I'm not sure if I pronounce it right, but I'm speaking Hawaiian and a whole other languages in there. But the name Allah is acknowledged. And did you know, in the Native American tradition, and I do remember Sister uh, uh, Lone Walker, may Allah be pleased with her, mentioned that in some of our discussions earlier on here in Phoenix, that way back in their collective memory, they remember that the black original people existed and also were part of their Native American heritage. I was just reading a book lately called Voices of Our Ancestors describing the traditions and training from the Cherokee Nation. And they also bear witness that before, way before the coming of the white man or the pale face or whatever, white man, weak bone, yeah, okay, (laughs) that there were black people who were here first. Uh huh. Before some of their clans or tribes actually arrived on this land, and in our recent journey to Mexico, uh, we found the diaspora had included black families that are part of the Mexican culture. Not only from the diaspora, but back early on in early ages, the old Mex culture, which represents those large basalt uh, heads, stones carved out of volcanic rock that weigh up to 35 and 40 tons, just the head itself. Now, you know they're called stone builders, which means they have a direct link with the stone builders in Egypt who built the temple throughout the land of Nubian Egypt and along the banks of the Nile and the Great Pyramid. But because we are the ones who were hidden away, to allow the other members of our people to rule. We had to be somewhat dummied. Do you know what I'm saying? But today, now they're finding evidence of our presence all over the planet. Every day they keep discovering new evidence. Even in Europe, okay? Even in Eurasia. Even among the Mongolians and the people of the high steppes, even in the Caucasus Mountains in Russia, they're finding now old fossils, skeletons, and remains that traces everybody's origin back to a tribe in Africa. So who are we? We really don't know ourselves at all. We are the powerful progenitors of of a cosmic I have to say it this way, cosmic race that settled on our planet. In our teachings, think back. It says, when our planet was found. Who found it and where did we come from to find find it? Yes? See? Because remember, way back in those days, which the Honorable Elijah Muhammad only gave us a hint, only a hint of how majestic a people we were. But who in the world have you ever heard, quote, 
from any historical or scholarly perspective, histories that take you back into trillions of years. Did he make that up? Or was he taught by a master, a god, who he said traced back to star histories in order to track our DNA and our evolution from darkness of space that had the material to produce a living human being that had to be the color of the material of darkness in order to survive okay, the heat that existed at that time in the making of the sun. Okay? So we are not just earthbound builders. We are cosmic architects. We design the world that we live in. So who is mother? Who are these women? Who are these special ladies? Who are these special goddesses, if I will? They are the repositories of the wisdom that's locked up inside of them as they were the witness bearers of the birth of the first God. And you will not find that except in your genetic DNA. You track it through a drop of blood. And that drop of blood is called the mikontral, or mikon, how do they call it? Mikondrial, there we are. That traces back to mother. And on the other side, listen to this, she had the genetic material to make the Y chromosome, which is the male. So all men all over the planet trace themselves back to the original Adam, the scientific Adam, as they, the scientists, are now discovering. And they've set up all over this planet. They're so busy like bees, like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. You know, they will reveal to us the truth of our teaching. He said, just wait. They're peeping into the heavens. That's one part. They're peeping through the uh, microscope. They're trying to manipulate the genes now. All right? Through medical breakthroughs and, and all that we are hearing is helpful to us. All right? Because we don't have the money. We don't have the training for the main. So we should be thankful to the white man that we produced. (laughs) For returning back to us the base of our original essence and culture. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, Master Farad Muhammad traveled all over the world with all peoples, all nations, and he extracted what? the best, like a bee. He's taking the nectar of all of the cultural combinations of peoples and nations around the world. And then out of that, he will recreate, not the same, but recreate an evolutionary track that we will be the most perfect and most beautiful people that the earth has ever seen in any civilization traced back to the beginning of time. That is what Allah is promising us. So these little things that we're going through are not so little, I know. 
when you have to deal with them on a daily basis. But when you keep the bigger picture in your mind, you know, then we should be happy and we should be busy as bees as the master presented to us how he walked this planet and what he was doing. There is no vacation time. Okay? I can't imagine going down into Africa wearing hip boots and studying uh, serpents and other animals that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that Master Farrar Muhammad had mastered. I can't imagine going to the zoo and being able to communicate with a, with a gorilla and speak his language. These are the things that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that the Master did right in front of everyone. Why did he want us to know all of this? Because we are following in the footsteps, you see, of the master to become a master ourselves. So if we do not value and love that knowledge and that wisdom that he taught, whether it comes from a male or a female or from a child, God is bringing in a new people for the Messiah. You know that. You study our children today. They're much more alert. They're... They're not, they don't come out with their heads, you know, wobbling over to the side. They almost come out looking at you and saying, who are you and why are you here? <laughs> Very brilliant. And, and we have to work with that thought in mind that we are providing a base, a foundation from when our children will be the benefactors. Because we've already had our time, as they say, and we can have... More time, but we don't want to be out of time. You know what I mean? We don't want to get time. <laughs> For, <laughs> because we are not being dutiful. And that's one of the meanings of virtue. It means dutiful also. And it also means for the women, and how about for the men? Guarding your chastity. The male should guard their chastity as well as the female. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us in such depth that he couldn't even tell us everything. He promised us in the theology of time that at a certain point he was describing mm -hmm, the diameter of the universe. And as he was speaking on this subject, he said, one day I would like to take the brothers in their FOI classes and then our sisters in their MGT classes and explain what that diameter uh, configuration was made from that caused a diameter to extend over the whole entire universe. So these are like secrets that we are yet to learn. And unfortunately, because we have accumulated so much rust on the rusty locks of our brain, we have self-imposed our own destruction so that we block the light. If God wants to reveal you something more, we're never ready. And we're never going to be ready until we learn to love the wisdom, teachings that we have been given and nurse it in our classes of the FOI and the MGT. It is not about being a hard, cold officer that gives orders. That is not the way that we will make an intelligent, 
uh, people that God will honor and choose to put over the world. Our promise is to be put on top of civilization, to be put on top of civilization. Can you imagine all the civilizations that you consider to be powerful, wonderful civilizations? But when you look at the timeline that they were given, they're only within 5,000, 6,000 years. China boasts of a history of 5,000 or so years. Korea boasts of a history 5,000. What is that in comparison to our history? And every time that there was a geographical location that was called, as it is today, the peninsula or country of Korea or the country of China or Japan and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told us the root of that. He said, on the island of Pelan, or present-day Patmos, each color that was produced from the germ of the black man, out of the brown, okay, that every 200 years, he said some of that particular color fled the island. And they might, all of them didn't come back blonde, blue, and made hell in Mecca, okay, and tried to uh, disturb the holy people. That was the last branch of that race that was grafted out of our people. Now I'm going to slide this over to complete this drop of blood and why it is traced to Africa and it has something to do with us. Absolutely. Now, each color, when they fled in their most ancient or primitive history, chronicles, they found the black people. On the Yangtze River, they found tribes of black people. Even in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, they found African tribes. When they were tracking through Eurasia, and I know I had just experience in Mongolia, they found the evidence of black original ancestors. Do you understand? So we are the original people, and it's being proven by the scholars, the historians, the archaeologists, the anthropologists, by the scientists. So we should let them do their work. And then thank them for doing their work because they thought that they had entrapped us so that no light could get into the head of their subordinate slaves. But their scientists are allowing certain evidence of who we really are to come out and with the wake-up message that we have received through this teaching, then we say, my God, that's the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Every discovery, every new breakthrough, whether in medicine, genetics, you can name it, you can name it, weather, global warming, uh, all of this, he taught us. So that there's no surprise. We can't hear anything that's a surprise. We're not surprised that Bush is modern Pharaoh and that he's doing his work very, very well. He's so blind that he believes inside that he can master our teaching and the God that brought this teaching. So they are all blind 
And as I close this particular lecture, we must be reminded that today is the anniversary of Honorable Minister Farrakhan's vision-like experience on the wheel. Very fascinating because we did not know that this Sunday's meeting would be so honorific in commemorating the anniversarium of that experience. We're in a city, and I have to put it this way, we're in a city that has great potential. Great potential. First of all, it is the meeting point where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the early 60s established a residence, but not just established a house, but he established from the mind of God following his instructions as he told us he was not to come out to the western region or part of the United States until God uh, so uh, instructed him. Do you see? So watch the way he moved from Detroit to Chicago. History was written, right? That we contain in the archival history of the nation of Islam. Then from Chicago, he plants the seed for the governmental structure of the nation of Islam. So we have, oh, Mecca to Medina. All right? And then that history is being fulfilled. Then he's being guided unseen by us from the master ever since the master departed. And he told us, I hear from him at least twice a year. And so we are sitting like, dum-dum, you know, hears from him, okay. How do you hear from a master unless your ears are cleared so that you can hear and talk back to him, okay? And when the time was proper, he then moved over to Phoenix. And then in Phoenix, what was the other part of his mission? 17 million with the 2 million Indians, okay? Making a total of 19 million. All right, there's that 19. And our last newspaper, The Final Call, which is full of the wisdom. And it's like an examination. Did you know that I sent two letters <laughs> to Bush? There it is in the paper. Press conferences that take us back uh -huh, on a journey, then closing with a letter about his condition, you see? And then right in the crux of the end of 2006, where everything and many things have been manifested just before we hit God knows what in the year 2007. Okay. As the war itself was part of the visionary experience. And it was through that vision that the Honorable Minister Farrakhan declared to us that he was being guided by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad step by step to the proclamation of the Million Man March in 1995. 
Then step by step, we experienced the Million Family March. And now step by step, 2005 marked the Millions More movement. What is this? It's increasing in converts. It is doing the fishing that only the great fishermen can do. And then try to advise and instruct us to follow in his footsteps. You see? So these are all of the miracles that God performed for the rebellious house of Israel in the wilderness. They could not see that the hand of God was delivering them in such a way that he does not give all the information to the enemy, you understand? But gives enough of a nod and a hint to the children that they be guided safely out of the way of his final attack. Now, the Honorable Minister Farrakhan is telling us that he has to take a repass now. He has to step back a little bit. And even though it appears that he is under health, um, um, how would you say, a health problem right now, but it can be healed by God. And we can help in the healing by the way we act, by what we do. Is that not by what we say, or why what we do? He has utilized these last 29 years under the guidance of Almighty God Allah so magnificently that nobody can say, oh, well, he didn't complete the work. He has come to a junction, now we go back to that junction in the river. That was the traveling with the wise man. At a certain point, what did he tell us within the last two years? He used that point, that history of Moses traveling uh, for, in the search of knowledge, right? And how he met at a certain point the master. And then he had to continue that journey. And the master was telling him, just don't ask so many questions. Just do what I'm telling you to do. I will give you the explanation. But they were, well... But I don't understand. Well, that's criminal. Well, why would you do that? Why would you? And you can hear that going in your head among your fellow believers or disbelievers or hypocrites. They're talking that. They raise doubt to weaken your faith so that we won't get to the end of the journey. So they slip up on you, whisper in your ear something contrary to what the Honorable Minister Farrakhan has said. But they do it in subtleties. It might catch you and they say, oh, I wonder why that brother or that sister said that. You know, evil suggestions. And he gave us those two surahs, chapters, at the end to protect ourselves. Then look at the beginning of February, our February 26th, February 25th, which was the day that it was announced that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had expired in the Mercy Hospital. And it was on that evening which he summed up for us the way we were, the way we are, the way we hope to become again. And on that note, I must thank our beloved sister, uh, Meritus, Captain uh, Alice Mohammed, for putting on a beautiful dramatization on that theme. The way we were, the way we are, and the way we wish to be. 
And just interesting as I'm concluding this, the evangelist, I guess you've heard of uh, Robert Schuller, and I believe his son, I don't know, is it, I don't know his first name, but I happen to turn on the television as on Sunday morning sometimes we get uh, interesting information uh, as which way the preachers are going. Would you believe this? As I turned it on, it happened to be on that channel, and he was quoting Chronicles 2, chapter 7, verse 14. And if my people, he said, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. He preached a whole lecture on that subject. So it is to me, if you hear how they echo the words of the Honorable Minister Farrakhan, the Honorable Minister Farrakhan steps out there in front, and they are following him in secret, just as they followed the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in secret. But you listen to what they're saying, and you say, my goodness, that's the theme that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, stated, that's the theme, that's what the Honorable Minister Farrakhan said. He walked out in front of everybody to visit Cuba. Some of us went, not just recently, but years ago. Part of a, a, a educational ministry and health to learn why the Cuban people are so successful in what they're doing. How do they alliterate, um, 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 what does it, eradicate illiteracy? so that everyone has an education. Everyone has paid uh, medical help. So America doesn't want us to walk among our people like that's another plantation to them, that the slaves over here can't go to a country that has 70% black, who are our foreparents, who were also part of the slave trade, who were exploited in slavery and some dumped off in Mexico, Central America, and other places, as well as in America, that we don't have the right to join with our family members. Then you're going to prosecute the man for taking those bold steps as recently within the disaster preparedness, to learning how they survived a hurricane. We can't do that. We can do nothing to defend or to save ourselves. We can do nothing to unite with our other families. So they are revealing more and more and more their horrible, cruel nature. So now they have laws, as you know, which forbid an American uh, citizen from entering into Cuba without special permission and signing papers as a license. And I know, coming back from that trip, Sister Donna Farrakhan, uh, the daughter, of course, of Minister Louis Farrakhan, she and I were the two women only that they pulled aside. Do you get this? The women. Pinpointing the women, thinking that we would give up something. Mm-hmm. That they already had the profile on everybody that traveled. But they pulled 
she and I aside separately. Okay? And the representative who did the questioning to me on that last trip was trying to behave himself relatively well. He actually was a brother that was born in Chicago in Hyde Park and remembered as a youngster going by the home of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So he said, he said, as you know, uh, he was very gentil. He said, as you know, the United States government uh, under Bush is a little bit more intolerant, okay, of visitors uh, to Cuba uh, as before under Clinton and those before him. It was not quite as strict. But this, this country is still holding the embargo. I said, oh, the illegal embargo, oh, the embargo, okay. <laughs> Against Cuba. So only with very special permission. So he brought out a paper, and he showed me what the United States government license paper looks like. And he said, um, he said now, you have a choice. You don't have to sign it. He said, you can sign it, or you don't have to sign it. I said, oh, well, thank you for telling me that. I did not have the intention to sign it. <laughs> And he said, oh, I figured that that would be your response. <laughs> I said, what is this? Okay, so he's kind of like, he knows he's being watched. And sure enough, after we were talking back and forth a little bit, then uh, two white officers came over there because it looked like we were not in a hassle. You know, it looked like, oh, we might be family members, you know. <laughs> And so the brother was just carrying out his duty, but he did it in a very, you know, intelligent, smooth way. But by the time they had walked over, we were finished. And uh, he said, yes, you may go. And they didn't take my luggage. They didn't do any special check. However, I'm saying all of this to say is that they want to frighten us by associating ourselves with the Honorable Minister Farrakhan. And we cannot go for that hokey-doke, you know? So as you know, very recently, there is a very large meeting in Havana with the uh, non-aligned states. And so America is getting shook up because they keep ignoring Cuba. But yet every day, Canada has good relationships. Mexico has good relationships. All of uh, Latin America, you know, many countries in the East, so it isolates America. What's your problem, you know? Her problem is that he or they are egomaniacs of the highest degree of insanity, arrogance, and all other characteristics that characterize Pharaoh, hardening his heart, even though he knew that we were on the right side of God, he was going to take the challenge all the way to get his army drowned in the Red Sea. So as we go through this dark hour, remember the vision that the Honorable Minister Farrakhan had and stand up to the information that he described that he received in that vision. 
because he was taken from Mexico. Okay? That was the last place where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was located and walking through the diagonal, as we did, Chicago, Phoenix, Native American, and the third party that was to join us in a temporary uh, government while America was fighting a war. So we've seen our Latino brothers and sisters stand up in a way that shocked everybody, shock waves. All, all along that border, there's brewing pockets of dissatisfaction yes. and problems. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad moved in such a way that nobody could calculate on his moves the way he did it, you see? So all of a sudden, all I knew is that he announced to his laborers one day when they were at the dinner table that he and his wife had to leave for Mexico to take care of important business. Well, he did not confide in me all that he had in his mind. That's why I'm saying we have to be very careful the way we perceive each other and the reality of what is really going on within the divine mind of God and the way he is moving all of us in positions for a battle. Not positions of, leave, of easily leave. What do you call it? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Right. Ease and comfort and luxury. Oh, no, 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 no. All wrong. It was assignments to carry out duties to be performed in a timely manner by God's decree, by God's guidance, by God's judgment. You see? So I'm saying some of this as it is real history, along with things that we perceive and don't perceive and get in little uh, cubby holes and want to gossip and slander people whose lives are at stake. Okay? We must not do that. We must get out of that habit. That's right. The, the final glitch of that is that he told us that these three principal people would come together. The black man, the Indian, the Mexican. He, I mean, he named it that clear. He didn't say the people of Central America or the people of South America. He said Mexico. So if you know where Mexico is located, It might start, you know, defogging here. You might be able to see a picture. And in my conclusion, the vision encompasses all of this. That's why I said it, right? Because the vision took place in sacred mountains in a sacred valley that's located only about 13, uh, 30 minutes away from where he had established this, the residency there in Mexico. And actually, it's 19 kilometers from the highway once you leave out of the city where we are. And it takes uh, 19 kilometers, about 30 minutes or less. That is where the Honorable Minister Farrakhan, along with his wife, Mother Khadija Farrakhan, went on their anniversarium after the Jews were protesting at the forum. Uh, at that time, 19,000 people in that arena, and they were trying to get everybody to denounce Farrakhan. 
and he had just returned from uh, overseas pilgrimage, Hajj, in which only himself, his wife, Brother Jabril Muhammad, and we must pray for Brother Jabril Muhammad too, to overcome the obstacles that he is also suffering in a critical health way and also the injury that many have caused him to have unnecessarily. But these are the kind of people, the companions of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that will give their lives for this work and for this mission and we should be so much more kind and considerate and understanding because that which he writes, that which he lives for is predicated upon the words of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and now truly a great bearer witness to his brother. Uh, the Honorable uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan. So in that vision, you will recall that he came to my home with his wife on the September 19th. That 19 just keeps popping up. But that was when he recalled that he had had a vision two days earlier. And it was on the day of the great earthquake which they're still surviving uh, from that earthquake, September the 19th, that shook up Mexico City metropolitan area and also killed many thousands of people. It was on that day he was walking up the steps, and as he was reaching the level where the kitchen area was, he turned towards the door and he said, Oh, he says, I was, uh, had an experience, quite an experience. He said, I was taken on the uh, mothership and talked with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Now, remember one part of that test for us, does he live? Then we could say, do you believe what the Honorable <laughs> Minister Farrakhan said? Right. He found him alive right. and talking back to him. Right. But he could not show his physical body to him. And he said, through a kind of uh, speaker box, he described it, up in the ceiling of this area that he was taken to on a little smaller ship, that, that America, the president, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff were planning a war somewhere on the earth. But he didn't tell him specific. But now he first thought maybe it had to do with Libya right. and the Gulf of Cedar and the attack of the United States government there in Libya. But that was not it, complete. Then, of course, the Gulf War opened, and that was in uh, 1991. Thank you, brother. And he said, well, maybe that's the enlargement. But notice, now where are we? It's like a, a, an attack on every Islamic government and country till they're rising up now and saying, hey, wait a minute, it's not whether you're Sunni or Shia or Sufi or Hanbali. They are attacking the whole Islamic world. And who told us that? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We used to have a blackboard 
which one will survive the War of Armageddon? And it was the clash, the crescent and the star with the cross, right? So this slip of the tongue, but not of the heart, <laughs> by this Benedict Pope is now bringing great protests from around the Islamic world and from countries they would least expect, like Turkey, secular country, but Islamic. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad visited Turkey, as you may know, back in 1959-60. And he visited Pakistan, and he visited the Middle East, he visited Medina. He took the Umrah, three-day pilgrimage to Mecca, and he also um, uh, visited uh, Egypt. And that's where he was received so highly 10 days by President, the ex-president Abdul Nasser. Okay? I'm saying this because as we go through every day, all of us are not necessarily historical buffs, but we should know our history and how things were to understand how we are slipping away from the remembrance of the path that our great servants have strewn before us. And not to forget that. Now, going back to the vision, closing out, and wishing you all a wonderful, wonderful conclusion of this year. And to keep our eyes on what's happening. As the minister said, today's headlines is the fulfillment of prophecy. So what the Pope said takes us back to... The history, I will just put this in here, Urban, Pope Urban II. Pope Urban II was the pope that tried to come up with an antagonistic view of Islam. And in order to get the support from the Christians and the Catholics in Europe, he said that we must march into Jerusalem to save it from the infidels. You see? And that is today's picture. When you look at the news, that's exactly what is taking place. So that war that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad explained to the Honorable Minister was a war that is now engulfing the entire uh, Islamic world. So this makes it dangerous for us in America and also explains why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said for us not to get involved with the politics uh, of the Middle East. He did not want us at, at that time to make any moves towards the Arab world. He did not want, even though he wa was making friends with them and then instructed the honorable minister to find a way to unite the Islamic world with our world. But at this time, he's retreating back because he has given us the final warning and the final call. And now we must get busy on our posts and do the work of the dutiful Muslim, showing our love and our honor and our gratitude to the great servants that have preceded us. Now the enemy is on our track. He followed up on the heels of the messenger, his followers. And so whatever happens to our beloved minister, know that he is well cherished and guided by the mind and the heart and the hand of Almighty God, yes. Allah. Yes.
So in closing, where are the virtuous women? They're right here in your presence, in your face. And you must love and cherish and value the beauty of womanhood, the beauty of the womb that bore you. And teach that to your children. And teach that to all generations to come. That we now have been chosen by God to make a better world. And that we can overcome all obstacles. All obstacles as long as we keep our mind and our thoughts on the sparrow. As long as we keep our mind and our thought fastened to Almighty God Allah. And get the rust off the rusty lock so we too can hear, okay? Can hear when God is coming through. Because the messenger taught us all of that. Two will be walking. One will be taken. One will be left. Two will be in the bed. One will be taken. One will be left. Two women will be grinding at the wheel. One will be taken. One will be left. Let us pray that we are lucky ones because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad informed us very clearly. He said you will make it if you're lucky. Not for any good that you can claim for yourself or that I'm good. I say all my prayers. I, I took the Hajj. You remember that one that was questioned of Muhammad? And then he said, and how did you treat the widow and the orphan? Do you see that? Yeah. So heaven lies at the foot or the feet of woman, mother. So let us leave with this thought in mind that as we reach the climax of this year, God willing, that by the time we come to 2007, that our hearts will be humbled, that we will put on the sackcloth of penance, that we each must ask God to forgive us for the many, many errors and the sins that we have committed in the past and help us to make it through safely to the other side. And I will sign off with these words. If my people, who is he talking to? Us. All right? Are called by my name. It's obviously us. Shall humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. Then will I hear from heaven. And will forgive their sins and will heal their land. That is a direct command to us. Reconciliation of our differences. When we cannot agree with one another, find a way quickly. Don't let this year end and a new one coming in that you don't dissolve conflicts among ourselves because he has given us the way. And if we follow it, lucky indeed will we be. And I thank you. So honored. Thank you for inviting me. All of the staff here, Sister Captain Halima, everyone. Love you. And may Allah keep us safe. Assalamu alaikum.
I know, I know you got some takeaways today. I know you got some takeaways today. It may not have been when you seen the title. It may not have been what you thought it was going to be, but it was what you needed for sure because I know I needed it. I have about <laughs> three pages of notes, and I'm not going to uh, label you all with everything that I took away. I want to make sure I hear from you all um, that would like to share your thoughts, your takeaways uh, from this message from Mother Tanetta Muhammad. Um, and, and we want to, and who, who, who Allah, we, we know she's, Allah's pray is, is uh, let me get that correct, that Allah is pleased with. Um, we have to keep in mind the importance of our pillars of the nation as well. Um, and please correct me if I am wrong, but I believe she was amongst uh, um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and, and Brother Minister Jabril Muhammad and standing the nation back up, traveling to get the study groups and the Muhammad Mosque uh, situated in different cities and states as well. So she uh, definitely is someone that we want to continue to study. This lecture is something that we should continue to look back and study on because it's, it's a heavy message. Uh, it's so many gems in it. I mean, gems on top of gems within gems that we can take away. So I definitely encourage when the replay comes up or even if you want to search it on your own um, as well, look it up and study it and study it and study it because it's so important that she brought up that knowing the history of the nation is so important. Knowing the history of ourselves is so important because if we don't know who we are, how are we going to be able to defend the truth in which we say we believe in? Um, so we want to make sure that we, we continue to study and be able to enlighten ourselves with this information and continue to uh, bear witness to this truth. Um, and so, again, if you would like to share your comments, um, your feedback, please uh, raise your hand if you're on the premium side as well. Um, and if you're not able to uh, share right now or uh, not don't have access to do so please share your takeaways and testimonials in the power call testimonial section as well within the app because we all learn from each other as brother stefan said before he had to leave uh you know he wants to hear from us as well and i'm i'm as, I'm as well I'm, I'm uh in witness with them that i want to uh hear from you all and what you all are taking away from this particular lecture because it was heavy one of the things that stood out to me one of the many things that stood out to me um, was about us stop wasting time degrading, disrespecting, misusing, and abusing one another, not only in words and deeds, but more importantly, our thoughts. So we, we have to be careful about how we treat one another. We have to be careful about how we think about one another. And we definitely got to be careful about how we talk to one another, even in our heads, how we talk to one another as well, because we all are growing and we all are are going through different stages of development as we speak about all the time. Um, but we have to be careful with that. And the importance of the women, that's that's really why this lecture was shared, because it's important. We have to understand why uh, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said that 75% of the work is with the women. We have to understand as well that this isn't, as the minister has brought out in, in, in countless lectures, that this is no male chauvinist thing that just men can come up and speak. We want to continue to have lectures with sisters as well because we all have something of value to share. These teachings are not just for men. This is not just a man thing. Great men come from a woman. So we have to be sure to understand the balance that we have as well and understand that we can learn from each one of us. So that's why it's so important that we share what we, we pull from these lectures as well because we all can learn from one another. Um, as well. So I see we got Sister Yolanda. Let me make sure I got my volume and things straight so everyone can hear.
All right, Sister Yolanda, go ahead. You should be able to unmute yourself. Maybe not. Let me make sure. All right, try again. I apologize for that. There we go. Assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum salam. In the beginning, I'm taking pieces from the beginning, and because I had to go into troubleshoot mode at work, I'm gonna have to re-listen to the second half. What are what is Sister Yolanda doing with the time that God has extended His grace? The messenger preaches a living word, and we still, I'm still spooky. There was one point that stood out to me, asking myself the question, what am I doing with God's time? One thing I'm doing is getting on this power call, and the points that I catch in listening to the lectures we are reviewing, again, striving to put practical application to what I'm getting. Because every day we touch on something new, some things may be repeated. Nevertheless, I'm picking up the pieces in Sister Yolanda's life killing the old and bringing in the new. Striving to kill the old to bring in the new. And with the messenger preaching this living word, you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wrote the message to the black man, the fall of America. As I'm understanding it, it's applicable to this day and time, September the 28th, 2023. So, even though I can't save the world by myself, I'm not the supreme being. But what part and role is Sister Yolanda going to play in striving to resurrect our people? Understanding what God has deposited in me that I may have uh, smothered with the improper thinking and knowing of self. In every situation that I face, in order for me to be successful in implementing the teachings, what I'm hearing, I need to be able to apply it to myself. And then as the message said yesterday, I don't want to be the sister or brother or my children or my nieces, nephew, aunts, uncles, grandma, grandpa, and so on and so forth. I don't want to lead them to death. I want to lead them to life. So even though they may not have the proper understanding of maybe things that I say, but nevertheless, let me present myself as I'm speaking in that manner for them to understand. Uh, and the virtuous woman appeared and she looks like the MGT. So even though I have, I'm under the MGT, and I'm one of the other MGTs on here, and sisters chime in with me. Don't leave me by myself. Come on, y'all. We all got something to say. Just, just say it. So I'm going to say this. 
in striving to be the best MGT in or out of my headpiece. While I'm here at work, while I'm at home, when I go to the beach, when I just walk to the store, go to the store, whatever it is, striving, knowing that the God has deposited in me this virtue that I have in Correct me if I'm wrong, he defined virtue as, what Sister Tanetta mentioned, virtue as dutiful. And on the male side, guard your chastity. So even for the male side, guarding your chastity, us too, me too, not us, me, guarding my chastity to the best of my ability, meaning when I'm not in my garment, I'm still guarding my chastity in my modest attire. I know it's a struggle at different points with different people, whether it's covering your hair, not wearing our toes out, uh, whatever it is, a number of things. But I strive every day to, even though the outside doesn't know what an MGT is maybe, but I know what it is to represent an MGT in my attire and in my demeanor. And I, I got um, off the train a little bit when she mentioned about the track through the drop of the blood. That's where I need to pick up from. So I leave you as I came to you in peace. I salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you, sister. You, you, you right on. You know, tracing that, that lineage back. Um, and I wrote that note on that. Wrote that note down as well. That as far back as the man lineage, the woman was there as, as a witness to it as well. So. You can't go anywhere without that woman being involved. And we have to be un be willing to understand that, especially as us as brothers, that we got to really understand, as the sister brought out in the, in the comments as well, we got to value the beauty of the woman and the womb. We have to value that because you you, you stop. <laughs> you can't make another individual. You may can provide the seed, but without the fertile ground, and yes, C has no purpose, it has no, no destination, no aim. So we have to be so, uh, well, I guess the right word is, is be so respectful and honor the woman the proper way. And not, as she brought out, um, as Mother Tanetta brought out, that she's not a tool of, our, of pleasure or for a man's misuse, abuse, or disrespect. And that leads me to um, point number 11 that's on the back of the final call. What do the Muslims believe? Well, let me throw the hand there. We believe our women should be respected and protected as the women of other nationalities are respected and protected. That's point number 11 on the 12 uh, points that we have on the back of the final call paper, newspaper, that we need to make sure that we understand that. You can't go anywhere else on this planet and just treat the women in that area any kind of way without some type of consequence. Only here... Do we allow our women to be treated and talked about and, and come up with all types of justifications on why certain treatment is taking place with our women? So that has to come to an end. We in a point now where there's a attack on, as the minister has brought up and has told us countless times that it was going to come and it is here. We're living in the midst of it. The attack on the black woman where we are in this position where 
the independent women movement and we got men who are dependent on women you got the culture in hip hop this pimping whole culture uh, and, and it's put into a space as if that's the right way to live or if this man can't you know I gotta get the money out the man and I gotta get the money out the woman and all this type of thing this is the culture that's put in front of us as if this is what should be held when in all actuality we look like a fool amongst all other nations people laugh at us when we think of uh, when we carry ourselves in that manner so we have to really be careful and guard our children against this thing as well because they are fed this information and fed this confusion fed this these lies and falsehood on a regular basis through social media through the music through our um and I say I because at one point I used to participate, you see what I'm saying, in the degradation. So I understand the pressures of it. I never took it too far um, because a lot knows best. You know, I'm not going to get involved on that part of it. But at the same time, we all have to go through these periods of not understanding. And then once you understand, you change the way you act. And as Sister Yolanda said, it's about practical application. You can't hold yourself um, to a point where you would feel so guilty when you didn't know. But once you know, once you get exposed to these teachings, you're now responsible for taking action and changing your ways and changing your mindset and changing the way that you treat one another. But we have to be sure to protect our women because without them, as brothers, that's the end of us. Our legacy does not continue without the women. And as the, the, um, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, that no nation rises any higher than this woman. So if we continue to treat our women the wrong way, then we can't expect any greatness to come from us. We can think we're great, but we're not great unless we have that woman by our side to be able to shape and mold us into who we are supposed to be as well. So I'll leave it on that. I don't want to belabor the point. But Sister Yasina, go ahead. You should, you should be able to unmute yourself. This is one of my favorite lectures if I could choose one. Uh, one of my many favorites. It's in my top playlist but uh, to uh, answer sister Yolanda where she said she left off um, mother Tynetta was talking about um, us being a being powerful progenitors of cosmic rays that settle on on our planet and a progenitor is a person or people who are considered the foreparents that's what progenitor means. Progenitor means foreparents. It means ancestors. It means founders. And when we go into our supreme wisdom lessons in lesson number one, question and answer number four, in, in that answer um, of um, why do we run Yakub and it's made devil from the root of civilization, in the answer given by the honorable by the honorable Elijah Muhammad, he says the root of civilization is in Arabia at the holy city Mecca, which means where wisdom and knowledge of the original man first started when the planet was found. And I quote an end quote, and I quoted that because Mother talked about that in uh, in her lecture. But um, and she talked about the mitochondria or mitochondria and how that the mitochondria, that's that drop of blood that can be traced back to the originator. And I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> y'all like, I, I feel like y'all just wanted to bless me this morning. <laughs> Brother Leslie. Um, but the other part that she talked about was 
the fact that we're traveling with the wise men and that we are the Moses who every time the minister does something and we don't understand it and we, we ask questions, ask questions, and he's saying just be patient and if it is Allah's will, he'll reveal it to whomever he sees fit. And that's my, you know, my, my version of it. But always questioning, always thinking that we should know why. Well, when we go back to the instructions given to the laborers in our Supreme Wisdom lesson in, in the instruction, in instruction number two, that's what the hypocrites did. They questioned everything that the apostle did because they felt that they should share equally with the apostle. And not only in money, but in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But it's not our... Our, our journey and his journey, we are low, we're traveling with the wise men. We're, we're on the traveling aspect if we just stay on the journey. But again, knowledge, you know, it'll come to you if the Lord reveals it to you. So that's for us in this day and time because she did say that we are and, and we see it. We are now in the falling away process. We are in that time where we're having we're walking in the in the second term examination so that was uh, that was one uh, okay probably two and the fact that we are that there are ascending and descending angels among us that we don't see and then some of us may be blessed when we can recognize the angels that Allah puts in our midst I mean we have the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan we have Mother Tynetta, we had, you know, Brother Jabril, um, Dr. Ava, the angels that he put, but there are also in our personal lives, there are angels that he puts among us as well, because when we take our Shahada, he assigns angels to us. So the angel can, and even with mommies and daddies, the angels can be in your babies. We just, we don't know unless we recognize them by their mark. And that, uh, that also requires us to stay in the class of God. So that our eyes can become open and the rusty locks be removed and we can see them for who we are. And some of us might be angels. We never know. A lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> and the history of Yakub, I'm telling you, once we really get into that history of Yakub and just not on the surface, but start delving into um, the science of Mendel and Gregor Mendel and the recessive and dominant genes in a plant, then it bears witness. Like Mother Tynetta said, the scientists, let them do their job. They're bearing witness to the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And Gregor Mendel bears witness to the dominant and recessive genes that are found in the black man and woman all over the planet Earth. And when she gave the history of Detroit, as a not a Detroit-born girl, but I do consider myself a native... <laughs> Having been here 15 years, I am Detroit. I love the history of the messenger and Master Father Muhammad and Mother Clara, of that whole journey and how, how that whole relationship came to be and traveling down that path of going from Mecca to Medina and then going to when he was on the run and he's in Philly and he gets on the train and he hears the mess he hears Master Father Muhammad's voice uh, reciting the Holy Quran. Do men think that they will be left alone unbelieving they unbelieving they will be uh, do men 
think that they will be left alone on saying we believe and will not be tried while others were tried before him and it made him get off that train and go meet the FBI face to face and take his mission to go to jail. Boom. Um, and then he get and then Mexico. I, I'm so happy. Anybody go back and look listen to that because it was when she talked about Mexico. And you studied the history of her with Mexico, which I would advise us to get Sister Callie out here to understand her journey. But Mexico and how he didn't tell everybody what they what he was doing. You got your assignment and you fulfilled your assignment, and that was it. I'm telling you, we have a beautiful history. And my last part, Brother Wesley, and I'm gonna let you go. Study the history. Of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and his meeting with NASA. Because before he met with NASA, the Europeans were they were in they were they were not going against NASA. But after he just like with Martin Luther King. After he had that meeting with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, not too not too soon after that, he was assassinated. He because of that, and it was because of Islam, um, and the the two coming together, and and everything that they talked about, and all of that. And for real, for it is the last one. I make this I, I make this parallel call bit. Uh, <laughs> give myself a pat on that. When she talked about Cuba, that was 2006. Go back to the Criterion, where the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about Cuba during when we were in the the throes of the uh, COVID uh, virus. When he talked about it, so now here we are. That was 2006. Now here we are, and the Honorable Minister Louis Barkhan is talking of giving us the history in the Criterion about a little bit about Cuba for us to go study for ourselves. Okay, touchdown, the end. Assalamualaikum. <laughs> wow, alaikum salam. Yes, ma'am. All praises due to Allah. You touched on that. Uh, the last point that you made is something that I wrote down. I, I heard that as well and pull that out because that's important that we keep that in mind how and that's why it's important to study these lectures and I and I appreciate um brother Abdul Kaim recommending and suggesting that we make sure we put these time stamps on when these messages are delivered to us because it's critical for us to understand the relevancy and the synchronization uh, I guess synchronicity I guess is the right word to use of these lectures from the different um, those who are delivering it as well and with the minister delivering it as well because we have to understand the importance of it so I bought that like I said that, that embargo that was uh, that he requested in the, the uh, criterion to be lifted so that we can get a better uh, understanding of their successes in healthcare, and then as she brought out in 2006 about their successes in being able to provide health care to the people as well how we need to study that and is there's there's reasoning behind why there's sanctions and embargoes placed on Cuba to prevent there being that communication for us to be able to get that information and we have to study these things and that's why it's so important for us to study um, uh, Mother Tanetta brought out how due to the accumulation of rust on the rusty locks of our mind 
um, is the reason why we're closed off from these secrets of knowledge that are being revealed to us. Some, and, and that's what we, we kind of spoke. I think Sister Yolanda may have said it as well about sometimes we get, you know, kind of spooky in our mind. These teachings are heavy. And I believe our, um, our student minister here, Tracy Muhammad, brought up as well. There's nobody that says deep and heavy more than the Muslims. But this lecture is heavy. It's, it's so much in it. That we have to continue to go back, revisit it, revisit it, revisit it. Because it's going to be something else. As we study other things, we study the, the Bible, we study the Quran, we listen to other lectures. We come back and listen to this one again. We can unravel more of this knowledge and this, this truth so that we get a better understanding of ourselves, a better understanding of God, a better understanding of the enemy. These attacks that are happening, we have to continue to study. Um, and and uh, as well, just to kind of swing it back around to uh, what we deal with on a daily basis she brought out that these little things that we deal with which we feel aren't, aren't as little because we see them on a daily basis if we keep in the forefront of our minds and i'm paraphrasing the bigger picture then we're able then we are the bigger picture of us being raised or molded or, or what we're being shaped into becomes that much better for us so if we understand that what we're going through there's lessons within what we're, we're we're going through it may feel as if it's a lot to bear now but we have to understand that Allah does not put anything on us more than what we can bear um further uh, beyond our scope i believe it the quran um states it as well so correct me if i'm wrong sister yasina but um we have to be able to have that clear vision of what it is that we're being shaped into yes it's a process Yes, we all at different stages and, and levels, but we have to be willing to stay in the classroom. Because if you leave the classroom, as we know, those who um, were taught directly by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, they received success. But the moment that they left the classroom, that's when the fall began for them. So we have to stay in this classroom, continue to evolve in this truth and continue to grow in this truth. Because if not, we will lose course. If uh, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad gives is giving us the light and we leave the classroom then we're going we got to be going into darkness it's just that's just the way we have to understand it and if we don't understand it that way that's the reason why there's so much confusion that's the reason why there's so much chaos in the world because it's darkness and we have to understand the uh, meaning behind what darkness is darkness is ignorance so we don't want to be in the dark if we know that there's light if we know that these life-giving teachings which was given to us as a light in the darkness that is now reminded to it and being taught to us by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We need to stay in this classroom and stay around the light so that we can see which way to go. We need to follow the leader. You know, that's something basic that we learned in elementary school about follow the leader. But then when we get older, we feel like we got it all figured out. No, we don't have it all figured out. We are still babies in this knowledge. Um, one sister brought out in one power call. She was like, I've been in the nation for 25 years and I'm still a baby. I, 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 in my mind, when she said that, I said, I, I got to be a clot. I'm just a little clot, a little one sail, you know, in the nation as well. So it's just that this is something that we are growing into, not to feel overwhelmed. A lot of this information, you know, because we've never heard it before, it's a lot to take in. But if we just stay and just continue to spoon feed off of it, continue to take it gradually, gradually we'll be able to take on these uh, weightier things. But we got to start with the milk. And that's the importance of the power call to keep it on our minds, keep exposing ourselves to these teachings. This is why it's important to visit your local Muhammad mosque or study group so that you can expose yourself to more of these teachings. Because if you stay in the classroom, you don't leave room for the 
the school of thought of this world to influence you because you're staying in the room of what you believe and you say you believe is truth. So why go into a classroom of lies when you have a classroom that's welcoming you and asking you and Allah is calling you into and set up for you to, to be able to get this truth as well. Um, so like I said, so much in this um, and I, I got to go back myself and study it. Um, I called myself, you know, when I <laughs> when we was going through picking out these lectures and things like that. I, you know, kind of went through it. I, I knew it was beneficial to us. Um, give us some context. Also be able to, you know, just show that these teachings electrifies everyone that's exposed to it and willing to study and understand it. And we should be willing to listen to anyone that is uh giving these teachings to us in the proper manner as well. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to pull out as well is that when, when Mother Tanetta brought up that we've been given the final call and the final warning. So it's now up to us to get busy and do the work. So that was in 2006. We're in 2023. So we have to really look at ourselves, which is why this is self-improvement. Are we doing the work? Not just the work on other people. Yes, that's important. Are we are we help raising the dead of ourselves, raising us ourselves out of our as as we brought up the, the spooky thinking, the suspicious thinking? I, I was I have if you can see here, I have these collages. These are uh, from Final Calls back from the '90s, and one of the uh, cart uh, I guess cartoons. I don't really want to use the word cartoon, but one of the depictions that was illustrated it shows um, a white man throwing, I believe he's probably a, a caricature of a president at that time, throwing these stones at the head of black individuals. And these stones are confusion, division, suspicion, war, and self-hatred. Then in his hand, he has lies, tricks, and deceit. This is what we're dealing with on a regular basis. We have to be, as, as Brother Bennett brought up, he brought that question and raised that question. Are we um, concerned about the departure of the uh, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan? That is a real question that we should ask ourselves every day. We should constantly be asking ourselves, are we concerned? What are we going to do? How are we going to react? How are we going to respond? Because we have to understand that if we are concerned, that means we got to do some more studying. That means we have to get ourselves even closer on uh, closer to these teachings. We have to get closer and, and develop a better and stronger relationship with Allah. We have to continue to because there's so much information that is out here. There's so many lectures that's available. As we, we pull in lectures from the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2020s, it's so much information. But if we are just listening to the lecture and we're not studying the lecture, that's why it's important to take notes. Not just taking notes so you can give your takeaways, which is great. We want to hear your takeaways. We want you to put your power card testimonials in there. But it's important for you to take the notes because writing it down allows it to seep deeper into your mind. Let it resonate and then get into your subconscious so you can truly say you believe what you what you are hearing. But then further beyond that, evolve into knowing that real true confidence in this truth is important. So we have to be able to stay in these this classroom because the moment that we leave or we get lazy in our study, get lazy in our making our meetings or, or keeping ourselves uh, exposed to these teachings is when that stone or those seeds that we uh, that she brought up and as we've been speaking on recently on these seed, these evil seeds of suggestions can creep in and begin to sprout and take root within us. And then we'll begin to become like the disbelievers and the hypocrites and begin to believe what this enemy is putting out here. Because you got to know that it's coming. 
You have to know that the same way it happened when uh, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad departed, that there was a lot of confusion and chaos going on. We don't want to repeat, as, as Mother Tynetta, uh emphasized as well, we don't want to repeat or um, continue to bear witness to the prophecy of what was said. We want to break that prophecy. We want to show, show ourselves approved in this knowledge so that we don't continue to repeat history. Let's learn the lessons of the past. Those who made sacrifices, those who may have made mistakes have fallen before. Let's learn from them. Just as the minister brought up in a previous lecture as well. I don't know if we listened to it or not. But when a person falls, don't laugh. Learn. We need to learn from what has happened in the past so we don't repeat it in the now and in the future. So that's where I'll leave it at. Like I said, it's so much in this lecture is so much in all the lectures that we have and tomorrow it won't be anything less than than that as well be sure to tune in tomorrow we're going to close the week off um as well uh, with uh student minister nuri muhammad so be uh definitely come on out again tomorrow 8 a.m central time 9 a.m eastern standard time um be sure if you would like to upgrade go to www.powercall.net if you would like to visit your local Muhammad Masa study group, go to, excuse me, getting my tongue getting twisted, com. Fill out the sign-in uh, form. The sister will reach out to you with the location information and a sign-in sheet. Please fill it out when you do make it to the uh, local Muhammad Masa study group in your local area. And be sure to uh, send that information back to the sisters so that we can uh, shout you out you know let us know what you thought in your, in your first experience as well if it's your first experience or not um, of course this is not a say a pressure to say you need to join the nation that's between you and Allah as, as brother Ben emphasizes to us but we you need to go see it for yourself so that you don't get into this thing of, of wondering what's going on and just using the power call as your mosque. Yes, it's a digital mosque in a sense, but go go see the real thing. Go see for yourself. Go go learn and expose yourself to these teachings even further um, as well. But as always, I appreciate everybody tapping in, those who gave their takeaways, those in the comments as well. Um, let me see. Where is that? Where is the read? So Sister Jamie raised a great question. Who is the we that pre-wrote history 50,000 in advance in 25,000 parts? It's a great question. I don't want to misspeak, but I believe we have to understand that we wrote our, our history. We have to understand that. I, I think we can go into that a little bit deeper. I think we have a lecture. I'll look and see if we can find a lecture on that as well and share that with the team so we can get that uploaded. Uh, so we can answer your question directly from the minister. Um, as well. And I believe um, Minister Jabril has spoken on that as well, which I would like for us to be able to go into some of his lectures as well. That's another brother that's a scholar, you know, a scientist in this teaching as well. Very heavy, which is important why we need to study because a lot of things that he's, he breaks down in the lectures that are available to us are, are, are beautiful. And you have to be ready with your... Um, Yes, ma'am. I'll do that. Yes, ma'am. Um, we have to be ready with your pen and pad to take notes because you're going to have to analyze and study his lectures as well. But cannot forget, cannot forget, there's another sister's class tonight, 5 p.m. Central uh, Standard Time, um, that is being hosted by Sister Alexia. And it goes right in high, in, in, uh, right in line with what we learned and what uh, Mother Tynetta brought up about God and our chastity, abstinence. And the purpose of proper relationships. So check that out. If you're in the premium community, check out the sisters class tonight at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
6 p.m. Eastern. Abstinence and the Purpose of Proper Relationships, hosted by Sister Alexia. So be sure to check it out and share your takeaways and feedback in the Power Call testimonial space after the class as well. Um, and if you're not able to make it, the replays will be made available so that you can check those out as well. Um, but be sure to check it out. Let us know what you think so we can co continue to improve. I'm sure this election would do well by Allah's grace. Um, so definitely support the sisters. Support the sisters only chat space as well. Yes, brothers, we will have some uh, classes and things coming along as well. But right now, the sisters are rocking and rolling. So we're going we're gonna to continue to support them from a distance. Because, of course, we're not, we're not allowed in there. We're going to allow them to do what they need to do um, so that they can help us as well. And then we just continue to respect and protect them as best as possible. But uh, those who have uh, premium access and you are brothers, definitely send your invites to be able to join the Brothers Only chat. We'll be sure to go through and get you accepted. Um, in there, yes, let's see, senior. Don't be making fake accounts. We we know, we look and we analyze what's going on. So definitely, I appreciate you all tapping into your power call. Be sure to include your feedback and testimonies in the power call testimonial section of what you learned today in the lecture, um, and then what you learned definitely in um, the class today, sisters. Definitely leave your takeaways for those who haven't made the class or thinking about upgrading and things like that. Um, and always, if you have any issues with your access or anything, please don't hesitate to reach out to the staff, to the team. Um, and, and as we continue to build this community and work out the kinks and the glitches and things like that, don't hesitate to communicate so that we can rectify any issues that be are there as well. But have a blacktastic day. Inshallah, we'll see you tomorrow for another electrifying lecture from... Um, Brother, student, minister, Noor Muhammad. This will be a great one to close the week off because it's something that I, I, I'm striving to do better at as well. I'm not going you know, to really tease too much on it, but uh, you'll see uh, what we have in store for tomorrow. But definitely have a blacktastic day. Inshallah, see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Assalamu alaikum.